Hi, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. I'm excited to announce our 10th anniversary of Coaching You. We plan on celebrating by having our very first VIP experience event this summer in Las Vegas at Impact Basketball. Same great quality, terrific speakers, but here's what's new. This is a VIP-only event with only 100 courtside seats available. Here's what's included. All videos, courtside seating, meals, Coaching You t-shirt, pad folio, and a chance to network with our speakers. Act now to take advantage of our holiday special, only $2.99 through December. Register now at coachingyoulive.com. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I hope you guys had a great Christmas and uh I know our family did, and I, I think that this is going to be a podcast that is it's a great treat for you at the holiday season, but also it's a great way to bring in the new year. Uh, as I've always said, uh, every year to me, one of the things I always do and things I'm looking forward to doing is to just keep improving and learning more in everything. And uh, I have the master here to share with you, and that's Bob Starkey, the associate head coach at Texas A&M, a dear friend, uh, one of the best coaches in the country, one of the best teachers, but one of the great learners. Uh, you're gonna, he'll talk to you about his, uh, how he's come up, how he's gone from coaching on the men's side here at LSU for, you know, 13 years, but how he started as a high school coach on the women's and the men's side, shifting to the women's side at LSU you know just a just a special coach and has now been on that side forever and has coached some hall of fame players and simone augusta sylvia falls and other great ones at lsu and the way he talks about his relationships with his players it's a special listen bob starkey right after this fast model sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Sammy's Restaurant. <laughs> oh, boy, I sure wish. Oh, I know. And and for appearing on the show today, you get a gift card to Sammy's or Phil's or both. Yes. Well, I'd have to explain to Coach why I'd be missing practice this <laughs> afternoon to drive back to Baton Rouge. 
<laughs> oh, we'll apply the, those oysters right to you, Robert. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. As promised, I am so excited about our next guest on our Coaching You podcast. Bob Starkey has been a friend for years, one of the people that I learned from. You, uh, Every day we walk, wake up, we all have our routines, and I'm glad to say, Bob, I wake up and I look at your I, I don't look at you. I look at your hoopthoughtsblogspot.com every morning. So it gets me going. So thank you for that, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandon. Doing absolutely wonderful. You know, it's that time of the year where it's the Christmas season. We got some quality basketball games. It's uh, it's just a wonderful time to be a college coach. You're doing some things off the court with your kids. And uh, it's, uh, it's just a special time of the year, as you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the thing that uh, that I love about you is that, uh, and, and you've had a, such a great influence on me because it came from the pros, which is such a business after, you know, and coming back into the college game. Uh, and you've really had an influence on me. You, you love your players. I mean, it's so evident. I mean, it doesn't matter. And, and and I think, the you know, whether it's men or women, you have to have the same attitude towards them, don't you? I, 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 there's no question. Uh, I think anytime you want to teach or you want to impact, it starts with relationships. I think relationships are more important than the knowledge. You can you can have all the knowledge you want, but if you don't have the respect and uh, the love of the people you're teaching, you're not going to make the same impact. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy our kids. Uh, you know, and 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 that love goes you know well beyond after after they play for me. I, I, my best relationships with players actually come after they leave. Because uh, I'm not only have to, I don't have to bark on them for getting down their stance <laughs> or run the floor or something like that. We can talk about more, more serious stuff in life. Going to skip ahead to uh, just because you brought it up, uh, but I know a couple of the young women that and superstar women as people and also as players. Uh, that you had from your LSU days. I know I, I watch on Twitter every time, and you just constantly are following up or going to their Hall of Fame inductions of both Simone Augustus and Sylvia Falls. Um, what an experience coaching them at LSU, huh, Bob? It was um, it was it was like none other. You know, Simone Simone made me a better coach. Uh, you know, I, I think only, you only say that about really special players. Uh, she she had that competitive edge to her uh, that you hear people talk about when they talk about Jordan. Uh, she wanted to win every play, uh, every drill, uh, and and that kind of thing was contagious. So when I talk about, you know, we started going to those Final Fours, it was not because she was a great player on game day. It was because she was a great player every day at practice. And, uh, you know, Simone was one of those kids was if you told her this will help you be a better player, she did. If you told her to go, you know, if you go stand in the corner on your head for five seconds, Simone, it's going to get you to she boom, she did it. Uh, she, she killed it in the weight room. Uh, she was such an amazing student of film. Uh, and she's become such a great pro. And, and now you can appreciate that statement yep. maybe more than a lot yeah. of people, but she's become a great pro. She understands how to take care of her body, her rest, who, nutrition, everything that goes in to excellence. She's on top of that. And uh, she, she's just a really special kid. And then, then you mentioned Sylvia. When yeah. Sylvia came, she was she was an amazing athlete, but 
we had to catch her up. And, and you know, one of the hard, the two diff- most difficult positions, I think, when you get a freshman in college is the point guard and the post. The point guard, obviously, the the mentality part of running a team and seeing and being a coach on the floor. But for a, for a high school post player, you've got to get used to the physicality. And, you know, the, the, the thing with Sylvie we had to overcome is she was just such a nice kid. She, she was too nice on the court. So we had to tough her up. And, and we, we, had a, we had a rough couple of weeks there when she first came in there. And, uh, you know, a couple of days, you know, you know she, she, she was moved to tears because it was so difficult. And every night I would get a call or a text saying, Coach, I'm fine. I need you to come back at me tomorrow. Wow. And as you've watched her play, she she's still getting better. And I, that's what the great pros do. They they don't get to the league and make an all-star team and then they're done. Uh, they, they just keep finding ways to get better. When Sylvia, you know, I, I could talk about Sylvia for this whole podcast, but when Sylvia first went overseas, uh, she hired a retired coach to go over and work with her on her face-up game because that was the nature of European basketball. And you know, we're not talking about NBA money. It's it's a little different. You know, it, it was she mm-hmm. took a pretty good hit, but it's it was an investment in her future, and, and that's why those two kids are so special. That's why they've had amazing success. Amazing how the women pros, uh, you know, they have a much harder time than the men's in that they have to play all year round to financially Absolutely. make it because during the NBA or college winter season, uh, they are over in Europe or China uh, making some real money. And the WNBA, frankly, is not great money, but it's great exposure. It's national exposure. It's branding for them and stuff like that. And it's at home. Uh, where are they both playing this year after they just go all the time? Are, are they taking a year off or are they still going? Well, Simone's actually taking a year off. Good. Yeah, uh, you know, she, good. She's getting towards the end of her career, and her body told her she needs the rest. So she she's actually there with you somewhere in Baton Rouge. Good. I'd uh, love to see her. Working on her farm and training. She'll, she'll stay in shape. Uh, Sylvia just left a couple weeks ago to China. Yeah. And uh, China's a good deal for her, Brendan, because unlike most of the other uh, European leagues, they'll finish up in about the middle of March. So she'll get to home, come home and have maybe a month before she starts up in the WBA. And she'll make some real good money. That's Absolutely. Great, and that, great that's, money in China. Yeah, that's fabulous. Uh, you know, that is so neat. Tell me, you know, uh, you know, we have a fantastic mutual, a couple of fantastic mutual friends, several. But Dale Brown, uh, my friend in Baton Rouge here, uh, just an incredible coach and a neat guy. You were his assistant. Give me some Dale Brown love and knowledge about him. Uh, the, the most important thing that Dale taught me, and when I when when I came to to LSU as a, a real young assistant, a uh, wonderful opportunity he gave me. I was. I was an X and O guy. I was all about plays and drills. And the one thing that Dale taught me that basketball is nothing more than a tool to help you impact people and grow the community in which you live in. (laughs) And not only did he say that, as you know, he walked that walk every day, every day. He did some amazing things with our team. You know, one of the things that we would do is, you know, every four years we would take our team down to Angola prison and play a little purple gold game down there. And, uh, we'd always have uh, one of the inmates would speak to the team and Dale would hand select that person because he knew that person because he would make numerous trips during the uh, the year to to visit and mentor some of the, the young people that were in prison. I remember the last time we went, there was a, a, a young kid there, and I say young kid, about 21, 22, you know, similar to the age of our players. 
and the young man had told the story that one night they just want to get out and get in the car and drive around town and kind of goof off a little bit. And they stopped at a convenience store and this young man stayed in the car because his car and the other guys went in uh, to get some drinks. And uh, unbeknownst to him, they had guns and they tried to rob the place or some gunfire. The, the guy behind the counter got killed. Another guy got killed. And next thing you know, this kid's serving life in prison. Oh, and geez. the story to our team was uh, the choices you make in your friendships can go a long way in success or failure. And it was a powerful message coming from him with that story. And, but that was Dale. I mean, it, it, we would have, it was amazing the people that would walk into our locker room and talk to our team, celebrities, uh, politicians, uh, normal people who had amazing battles. Uh, he was always looking uh, to teach kids beyond the basketball court, and it really impacted me. Is it stuff now, uh, and, and, and and we both feel the same about Dale, is it things now with the millennials and now the young freshmen, the Generation Z young people, that they would appreciate or do appreciate, in your opinion? I, I would hope so, and there's, there's absolutely no question. I, I know somebody that you and I are both very familiar with, and and have incredible respect for her, his knowledge on, on the, the, the Y generation is Tim Elmore. Yes. And uh, some of the things that we're doing in our program now, uh, I'm getting from Tim. But, you know, Tim's big thing is that this, this generation is very much individuals. You know, Tim told I, – I, you've probably heard the story. Tim went and spoke to the Alabama football team and yeah. talked to them uh, about, you know, your life is going to come down to one sentence. And, and once you decide what you want that sentence to be, you can be intentional uh, in terms of living your life so you can make sure that sentence written. And he looked at the kid and said, you know what I'm saying? And some of them were shaking their heads. No, he said, well, come on. And so they walked out of their film room and they had these buses lined up. And so they load up the buses and they drive them to a cemetery. And Tim takes them out and shows them a tombstone where right there was written beloved father, uh, dedicated husband, uh, and, and that visual. He could have told him the story in the locker room, but the visual, he said, to see the Alabama football team then wandering through the cemetery and looking for tombstones and looking for that, he got his point across that way. And that's what Dale was great at, uh, bringing people in, taking them to places. Uh, he was probably ahead of the curve in the way he got messages across. I can remember we were out on the West Coast once, and he called the team up in, into his suite at the hotel. And after we got all situated, out from his bedroom came Pete Maravich. That's the first <laughs> time I'd ever seen Pete. Wow. And Pete proceeded to talk about all his shortcomings as a collegiate and a professional. And, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, witness to our team about finding Christ and how it, uh, you know, changed his life. And again, you know, Dale could have told that message to the kids, say, you know, this is what Pete told me, but he chose to create a situation where Pete came out. So Dale may have been a little ahead of the curve in how he presented stuff to the kids. I, I think that is so great. What a great lesson. Uh, tell me, you you went from <clears throat> men's basketball. You you helped my our friend Johnny Jones as a young assistant coming from the playing ranks for Dale to you know get into the coaching profession. Did then at what point did you leave and 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 switch over to the women's side, Bob? Well, you know, it, I have to go back a few years when I was coaching high school basketball in West Virginia. The girls played in the fall and the boys played in the winter. So I coached both girls and boys at that time. 
my first collegiate job uh, was at an NAI school at West Virginia State College. Huh. Uh, you know, home of Earl Lloyd, the first African American yes. to play in the NBA. Uh, just a wonderful institution. Had a had a had a wonderful three years there, and then had an opportunity to coach on the Division One side on the women's side at Marshall University. And I was a coach at Marshall when Dell, uh, you know, I, I was working on you know, that. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Back in those days, the way you got college jobs was going to work a bunch of camps in the That's summer, what, meet yes, people. Yes. And I had been working Dell's camp for, for several summers. He wanted, they had just created the third assistant. He wanted to know if I'd be interested. In it. So I went and worked for Dell for 13 years and <sighs> then Dell retired. And uh, I had long, I knew Sue Gunner before I knew Dell actually. <laughs> and, uh, uh, when when Dale uh, retired, Coach Gunner said, "You know, you, you like living in Baton Rouge. Won't you just come across the hall and work for me?" And uh, uh, again, uh, another you know, I, I've been blessed, Brendan, to work for some Hall of Fame people. And uh, Coach Gunner was amazing, and uh, stayed on the women's side there for twelve years. And uh, then when my time ran out there, you know, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you here, I I had an opportunity to go to some BCS schools, but Joy Williams offered me an opportunity to come work with her and Greg Brown at the University of Central Florida, that was exactly what I needed at that time. And lo and behold, that's that's when I, I really got to know you at yeah. a higher level and uh, meet Kevin Eastman. And, and coaching you has had a profound impact on my coaching career. There's so many great clinics out there, but there's nothing at a, at a level as high as coaching you. And uh, so that one-year stop at Central Florida was as valuable, as valuable to me as anything I've done. And then, then from there, you know, I had an opportunity to to come to Texas and where I'm at now. So it's, it's been a wonderful journey for me. Yeah, that was a bucket list. I, I'm not big on this, but now as I'm getting older, I'm getting this bucket list, Bob. And, and, and one of my things on my bucket list was the year we worked together at UCF. It was phenomenal. Uh, and, and for those of you, I want you just to close your eyes and picture this, a, a big suite of wonderful offices on the second largest college campus in America. And, on one side of the atrium uh, is the men's offices. You know, they're all down there. And on the other side, equally, are the women's offices. And so we were only 40, 50 feet apart. And to go down there every day, because I didn't do anything. You know, I'm just sitting there. I'm the, We just got to talk basketball every day. You, me, Greg Brown, and Joy, you know, three of my best friends. And it was it was a year like no other for me also. And so thank you for that. And, and to, uh, you know, all of a sudden to, to, to meet the person, you know, we, we had also known each other, but to meet the person that you read about every day and to visit with them on a daily basis, it was, it was almost unfair. So thank you for that. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, you were always great to give me the feedback on, on what we could do to help our are people that you know to learn more at our coaching you events and uh, and I and I thank you for that because you know I think we're both into serving uh, people you know you have I can't wait also every day Bob to read your Twitter account you know uh, you know for those of you that don't Bob tell them your Twitter account so that they can follow you. Well, in 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 the the teachings of of John one I've kept it very simple. It's Coach Bob Stark. Yes. And, and and it's great and you have neat stuff and you know and so much on so many of your favorite people uh, you know who have been for you um, some of the biggest influence I know the answer but tell tell our listeners who, who are some of the biggest influence in your philosophy of coaching 
Well, you know, we, we, we mentioned, we mentioned, uh, excuse me, Dale Brown and sure. Sue Gunner. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't go back to my junior high coach, Alan Osborne, uh, who ended up being one of the winningest coaches in the, in the history of West Virginia high school is actually now came out of retirement and coaching at the university of Charleston. Uh, he was a Bob Knight disciple. So that's, that's where I learned how to guard people and run a little motion. Uh, and then, then somebody that, that has impacted me in so many ways was, was coach Don Meyer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're mentioning a bunch of guys here. You know, I, I talk about you and Kevin and Dale Brown and Don Meyer and the common denominator is they like to share. And <laughs> the thing I've discovered from you guys is to make our game better, uh, is not just teaching the players and making them better, but teaching the coaches that are teaching the players. And through coaching you, the mentoring that you're doing, the stuff that Don did with his academies and clinics and uh, all these people have had an impact on me. Somebody asked me why I take so much time to share, and I, I just feel like I need to because that's how I got where I got. It's also one of the great ways to learn is when you have to figure out how to teach it. I mean, I, I tell coaches all the time, uh, every one of our players, when I mean our, every one of our coaches that are listening they have to be an a student in your class on your team i don't care you know what their sats were i don't care if there's a high school kid they're having trouble they have to you have to teach the game in a way that is understandable simple for them that they get an a in your class being a coaching basketball class and so many people take such pride in saying well, we do things, uh, I always tease John Gruden every time I tell him, I said, geez, that banana 15, I don't know what the hell it is, John. I can't imagine half the guys that you knew <laughs> knew what that was. But, you know, he, he does that, I think, just for a little shtick. But, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think that is the art of, uh, of what we try to do. What was Don Meyer's secret? Uh, just had an absolute passion for coaches. Uh, I just was absolutely driven to help coaches the the first time. Uh, matter of fact, I'm thankful to Dale Brown. He called me in his office, uh, my second year on the staff, and he said, I want to send you uh, to Nashville to Don Meyer's free fall clinic. And, of course, I knew who Coach Meyer was. I didn't know a lot about him, but I'd coached in AI, so I, I knew he was a legend. And, and I went up there, and the free clinic was just absolutely phenomenal. It was just broken down in such a way. Uh, that made it incredibly beneficial for coaches to learn whatever it is they need to learn. And he talked about so many other things beyond the X's and O's from uh, motivation to teaching, to how to handle your finances, to uh, just everything. And it was done in, in a, a really unique structure. And I, I went home, I'll never forget, and I uh, typed up a letter on LSU stationery and told him what an amazing experience it was. And I wanted to come back that summer to go to his academy and a week later, I got a, a, a letter on a uh, just a, a yellow notepad with blue lines and a pen. He says, Bob, when you come back, you're staying at my house. P.S. This is NAIA stationery. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I, I go up to the academy, and he puts me up at his house, and that just started, uh, you know, an incredible friendship. And uh, there wasn't a summer I didn't go see him. Uh, probably every two or three years, he would he would come down to Baton Rouge and, uh, visit with me and speak at our clinics uh, probably two months before he passed. Uh, he and his wife, Carmen, came down uh, and spent a week with me and at my home in Texas A&M. Greg Brown actually came down and hung yeah. out with us. and It was just an amazing relationship. But he just he just he was just so genuine and he was he was just a coach's coach. He, he, he wasn't in for the 
money or the limelight. He just he just he just wanted to make players better, coaches better, make the game better, and uh, he was driven to do that every single day. He was just he was an amazing person. I don't know. Uh, you know, Brendan, you know, the, the, the last two male assistants, two, two male assistants that Pat Summit hired, uh, Greg Brown and, and then Dean Lockwood, who's an incredible coach. One of my uh, best friends. Pat yeah. hired those uh, on the advice of, of Don. You know, he, Don affected uh, college coaches, pro coaches, junior high coaches, men's coaches, women's coaches. I mean, he his brush was as broad, I think, as anybody that's been in our profession. You know, Garth Pleasant was a friend of his from uh, yes. old Rochester Christian College where I was living when I was coaching the Pistons in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And one day Garth calls me in June and says, hey, Brendan, uh, uh, you know, I have a friend coming in town. We're going to have a clinic at the high school about a mile from my house. He says, we'd like you to come and you know, maybe speak. I said, Who, who's the person that's running the clinic? He said, Don Meyer. I said, oh, I'd love to meet him. And I went, and Don said, "Hey, I'd love to have you speak," and I and I was thrilled, you know. And you know, I I did it. He says, "Hey, I love that. Can you speak again?" I spoke four times in two days for the <laughs> there guy. You go. There and, you go. And and I said to him, I said to him, I said, uh, "Why do you keep having me speaking?" He says, "I'm learning. This is good." He said, "I might do an extra day," uh, but you know, and I just love the guy. I love the guy, and I, I, you know, and and then we at at UCF, you know, I got to meet him at the end, you know, when he, when Greg brought him down, and and you mentioned it, Greg Brown is, uh, you know, who's the head basketball coach at uh, Lipscomb in uh, Nashville, uh, you know, has a phenomenal book out on Don Meyer and Pat Summit, I believe, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, it is terrific. It's, it's filled with notes. You know, Greg was a meticulous note taker, something that he learned from Don. The Cornell and method he taught me. Absolutely. Bingo. There you go. Yeah, he but taught he took me. notes the whole time he worked on both of those staff. So it's it's personal insights that he took. And it's you're right. You're right, Brendan. It's an incredible book. I recommend it to people all the time. Yeah, we, we did a podcast with uh Greg when he, the book just came out. And, I remember it. And, and and he's I mean, people don't know Greg, but he was a great assistant and he's he's a terrific head coach and uh, one of the best teachers and learners in the game and that's it's the Kevin Eastman thing. We judge you by how good a coach you are, but also how good a learner you are. And he and Greg's right up there. Tell me uh, and I love when you told me oh I'm gonna talk about one more person that's helping our profession and Felicia Hall Allen. Uh, who's oh. a, a terrific gal? Uh, he, she, and her husband are, are you know just fabulous people out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, Joy and yourself uh, were nice enough to recommend me to her. And I don't get excited too often to do free speeches. I got to be honest with you, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> uh, you know, I liked it so much. I went back and did another one. And then she had, she's so good. Felicia Hall Allen is so good that she convinced me to get $35,000 John Gordon to come and speak for free. And I did. And so John Gordon is up there, he, as you remember. And, and I said, Felicia, how do you convince me to do that? She said, love. It's all about love. You know, you love these people that are here. And I did. They were great. Uh, tell, talk about Felicia and her impact on the game, especially in the women's side and assistant coaches. Yeah, well, the, the first time I met Felicia, we brought her in uh, to do some team building experiences with our team at LSU. Her and Johnny are terrific. Yeah, 
Yeah, and when when she when she does it, she she just doesn't come for a couple of days. You know, you're you're stuck with her for the rest of the year. She she'll call your kids. She'll she'll wow. come in and surprise you with a visit. And uh, she had it was uh, it was our first Final Four team, and she had such an impact that we voted her a Final Four ring. Wow! And that 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 proceeded the next five years. We went to five Final Fours, and Felicia was just a big part of it. And then she had, I think, which is just an absolutely amazing concept of creating a symposium just for assistant coaches, just for assistant coaches. And she would bring in the top people uh, around the country and they would speak on a variety of topics, things, you know, most coaches, they go to clinics and uh, they're looking for X's and O's and drills and all this. But she wanted young assistant coaches to learn things like time management, uh, finances, uh, how to make your head coach better, mm-hmm. loyalty, balance. And it's it's became uh, this phenomenal thing. You know, she had a, a, just a great run with, with us on the women's side. And then some of the men's coaches said, hey, we need this. So now she runs it for both men and women. And there's actually some elevated levels for it now. Uh, obviously, young assistant coaches, I can't there's not a matter of fact i i sponsor some assistant coaches every yeah. year to go to it because it's it's just a very very important step they need to take but this elevated thing she does now for uh, assistant coaches that have been in the business for a while that are looking to be a head coach and she brings in athletic directors and agents and all these people to help them take that next step so uh, her impact on the women's game is phenomenal. Uh, she might be, she, I tell people she's got to be one of the most five powerful people in our game. When somebody wants to hire a women's coach, that's usually the pers- first person they're calling. How about that? And, and you, you, you just alluded to it. I mean, yeah. when you talk to her, she just oozes passion. She's just a, a very enthusiastic person as is her husband, Johnny. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're now friends of mine. I actually, uh, uh, serve on her board of directors for her organization wow. and could be more proud to, to help somebody that's doing so much for other people. Yeah, no, she's had a great impact. Uh, and, and she was, uh, and she's so sincere, she and Johnny, uh, and doing that. And, and that's what we both aspire to have be associated uh, with people of like-minded values and stuff like that. They're in it to help people. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of coaching you for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. I love it when there's things that you learned in coaching, in life, and all of a sudden, 10, 20, 30 years later, you remember it. And 
you gave me a great statement as several years ago I was contemplating and I wish I could have uh, changing from the men's side to the women's side I had some opportunities and I wanted to do it and I called you for advice and you remember that I know and absolutely and you, and I said Bob you know I, I coach in the NBA I've coached I don't know if you know will the women accept me with all this and and tell me what you said about coaching well I I told you this I, I, you asked me the difference between coaching men and women and I told you that I didn't think there was a difference. Uh, good players want to be taught. All of them want to be taught. All of them want to be loved. All of them want to be appreciated. And you will enjoy coaching women as much as you enjoy coaching men, as long as your your, your women's team is one that wants to improve, wants to work hard. Uh, now, every individual is different, as you know. Sure. Even on the NBA level, there, there's a different way to get to everybody. Uh, but, but, but good players that want to compete doesn't matter to me if they're male or female. I love coaching players that want to get better and I've been blessed to coach them on both sides. Yeah. Coaching's coaching. And I, I, like all of a sudden that was in, that's in my brain, men or women, it doesn't matter. And if a, if a young person, male or female, uh, give me some, you know, I hate to be like this. They always tell you, "Oh, I want to be like you. I want to. I want to be a college coach. I want to be like you know, associate head coach at you know A and want to do that. How do I do that?" And it's always at a clinic, and they come up to you and they they say that. Uh, I I asked uh, Matt Painter this the other day. What what's your recommendation for uh, people that want to get in our business, but to be really good assistant coaches first, assistant coaches. I think the first thing is whatever job you have, excel at it. I never have uh, went after a college job. Uh, Every job I've ever gotten, somebody has came and called upon me because they felt I was doing a good job with where I was at. And I think that's the first thing. Too many young coaches are worried about the next job Mm -hmm. and not owning the job that they have. Be the best you can be where you're at and people will notice you. Uh, the second thing is you, you, you get out there, right? you know, go watch, uh, go watch a, a college team practice and not, not just for the reason of trying to get to college, but learn how the college game is taught, how practices are structured, uh, meet some people. You know, we, we mentioned it earlier on the podcast. This is, this is dying now, but, uh, all the college coaches, uh, Craig Cars hired me at West Virginia State College. I'd already worked his basketball camp. Judy Southern hired me at Marshall. I had already worked her basketball camp. Uh, Dale Brown hired me. I had already worked his basketball camp. Sue Gunner hired me. I had already worked her basketball camp. And I didn't work those camps because I wanted a college job. I worked those camps, number one, because I needed a few bucks in the <laughs> summer. And I wanted to learn. And from that uh, – you know, I made some contacts and, and, and networked a little bit, but you, you got to be good at what you do and you have to get out and you have to meet people. You know, you talked about a few bucks um, and I, I'm not trying to date you or myself, but uh, talk about what we used to go and work camps for, for a week. Oh, I, when I was a high school coach, yep. uh, I worked nine straight weeks of summer camp. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I worked them all up and down the East coast and, uh, I made 125 bucks, I think maybe wow. 150 at some of the better ones. Yeah. And the, the camp stand ran from Sunday through Thursday. So I would work camp Sunday through Thursday and then I would drive to the next town, uh, 
Uh, and you, most, most colleges would great about let me get into a dorm room early for a few bucks and you go to the laundromat and do your laundry and then you do it all over again. You know, Brandon, I'll tell you a great story. My, the first, the first college job I got, uh, West Virginia state college, they were coming off a four and 24 year. Uh, they paid me $6,000, uh, gave me a room in the dorm and a meal card to eat in the cafeteria. Pretty good deal. And uh, like, but you, you know, it was like, I thought I hit the jackpot. <laughs> I was a freaking college coach. And so that first year we go 18 and 10, Ooh. the athletic director calls me and it's an NAI school and says, I'm sorry, we've got budget cuts <laughs> and I'm going to have to drop your salary from 6,000 to 4,000. And we're not going to be able to provide you with that meal card. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that year we, we proceeded to go 24 and six. When the season was over, the athletic director, I, I hate to do this. We've had more budget cuts. I drop, I got to drop your salary from 4000 to 2000 and we're not going to be able to afford to pay for your dorm room this Oh, jeez, come on. So I got to move 45000 uh, excuse me, 45 miles back into my parents' house for a year, so I have a place to stay. I ended up spending most of the time in my office anyway. Uh, we were fortunate enough to win, uh, to be national runner-up, go 31-3, and three and 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 I got an opportunity to move to Marshall, but uh, <laughs> you eliminated it was, it was your down. job at thirty-one and three. Well, we don't need that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I may have been free, uh, you know, but you know, you didn't think about money. And I, I would say this: we, you want to get there's another thing. Don't pick one job over another job because it pays more. Yeah. Pick it because you're working for somebody that's going to give you some responsibility that you respect and can teach you and help you make you a better coach. Yeah, you pick you pick opportunities, whether it be going as a college yes. player or a, a, because of a fit. And because uh, Matt Painter has said to us, uh, I said, what, how, and I'll ask you the same question. I'll, let me ask you the same question first before I tell you what Matt said. If you were recommending to a young woman that you're recruiting, uh, you know, I don't care where the player is from, whether she's from Dallas or Houston, and she's a, she's an SEC player. Uh, a Big 12 player. She's really good, and she can play for you guys. What would you tell her the reasons she should pick a college for? What what should be the factors, you know, in her determinant, in your opinion? Well, I think it's going to vary with each kid. Uh, I'm a real big believer in helping young people find out what their why is. And a lot of times high school students don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, with our young people, uh, what I want to sell them on is the fact that I'm not going to coach you for four years. I'm going to coach you the rest of your life. I'm going to be here to help you well beyond the basketball court. The basketball court is simply something that's given you an opportunity to do something greater in life, whether that's uh, your educational goal, uh, your career goal, whatever it is. And that's what you need to understand. That's what basketball is about. Now, we want, we want to be good basketball players. We want to compete for championships and all that. But that is simply something to help you achieve something greater. And we want to be part of that. And I think that's, and those are the kind of kids I think you want to coach. You know, every now and then you get, no, nah, I just, I just want to be a basketball player. Right. Well, I believe that you're, you're going to get bored with basketball. Basketball, you know, basketball's got to be a door opener for you. And, and, and the sooner you realize that, I think the more things that are going to happen for you in a good way. I love that. I, I love that. Well, you, you talked about your why. One of the favorite things that I love to do with coaches when I talk to them and, you know, and, and I think it's an important thing for us to do every year. And I, I still do it, you know, no matter, you know, my 44th year in, in the coaching profession, and I still do it, is I, I ask the question all the time, and I'm going to ask you uh, because I know 
how responsive you'll be to this. Why why do you coach? You're so talented, Bob. You could do so many things. You could run an athletic program at a Power 5 school. You could do anything you want. Why do you coach? There's no better feeling than seeing a player that you coached be successful in life after basketball. The best day we have, Brendan, and I know you feel the same way, is when we get a visit, a letter, or a phone call from somebody we coached 5, 10, 15 in our case, 20, 25 years ago, and they're sharing a story about a promotion. Uh, I, I got, I've got, I got two wedding invitations this month. That's a great month for me. For my players that don't play for me anymore, and they want to invite me to the most important day of their life. That's 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 your why. When you feel like you had a little something to do with them having a good life and having good things happen to them, it just it just doesn't get any better than that for me. <laughs> Nor I. Uh, yeah. Boy, th- this is fabulous. I, I appreciate it. Bob, uh, people that want to follow you uh, on your website and stuff, can you give that to them? Sure, absolutely. It's www.hoopthoughts.blogspot.com. And uh, I, I really enjoy that blog because it gives me an opportunity to share with other coaches. People compliment me all the time. And I just simply say that, you know, I copy and paste and steal from the best. Uh, You know, there's just, you know, Brennan, we could talk about this forever. This is an amazing time to be, when you and I coached, Mm -hmm. if we wanted to learn something about basketball, Mm. uh, we would, we would buy one of those medalist notebooks or go to a clinic. But now we've got, gosh, we've got your amazing podcast. Uh, you've got Twitter, you've got YouTube, you've got blogs. There's such an amazing amount of informa- information for coaches out there if they just want to reach out and get it. It's incredible. I remember uh, one of our last events at Coaching You, Kevin uh, Eastman got up and he said, uh, uh, when someone asked him, uh, how does he keep learning? And he says, well, I'm going to a clinic right afterwards. It's back at my hotel I'm staying at. And they started looking at him like, you know, wh- why, where's that? You know, and he says, I'm going back and I'm going to go on my computer and I'm going to pull up on YouTube, Pete Carroll talking wow. about Bill and the team. And that, and Kevin was referring to all the people that he wanted to learn from. And he said, uh, you know, there's this guy, Martin Luther King. He's not really a coach, but he's really an inspirational figure. And I'm going to go and learn how he connected with people. And I thought that was a brilliant way of putting it. You know, as well, the best people are continual learners, aren't they? I, I want to say it's our friend John Gordon who told the story of speaking somewhere, and he looked up and eighty uh, some year old Zig Ziglar was up there yes, taking notes. Exactly John right. Was, he was, you know, Zig Ziglar is like, you know, he's he's the goat. He's he's the Michael Jordan of yeah. motivational speakers. And John said, "Do you mind me asking what you were doing up there?" And he said, "Yeah." He says, "I'm still trying to learn." Yeah, that's right. what makes the great great. Yeah, no, you know, and uh, you know, I I tease John because he's. Uh, you know, he's, he's worked with Clemson for like six, seven straight years and they keep doing well. And, uh, I said, I said, I could have used you last year at LSU. He said, I don't want to screw up my record. <laughs> so yeah, let me tell you, you know. something. It's, it's, that's no accident. Clemson's so good. I mean, how many organizations from junior high teams to professional teams is John Gordon impacted right now? Now, how amazing is that? And that's, that's the thing young coaches need to do. Just don't study 
young basketball coaches. Go study coaches in other sports. Go study people outside of coach, the John Gordons, uh, the John Maxwells. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's a ton of people out there that can help you teach, coach, motivate, and inspire your team. Coach, give my friend Gary Blair and the rest of you guys uh, a big hello and a Merry Christmas from us at Coaching You. And uh, my friend, it is it's always a pleasure to learn from you, and I thank you for being a great friend at Coaching You, but more importantly, a great friend to the coaches in the world of basketball. Well, Brendan, uh, it was a pleasure doing it with you, and uh, I can't thank you enough for all that you've done for me and all the people in our profession because you're, you're a difference maker, my friend. Well, thanks, and have a Merry Christmas, and also look forward to seeing you down the road. The thing that uh, I love about Bob is as often as he and I talk, as often as we communicate and I, I I never stop learning from him. He is just incredible. His passion and love for the game, for coaches, and for players is at the top. Uh, great listen. And remember, you only have about three or four days left now for our December holiday special. Treat yourself. Treat your best friend to a, a special VIP experience for coaching you out in Las Vegas. It's got all the bells and whistles, but it's got a special price of two ninety nine, the lowest we've ever had for coaching you VIP. Only a hundred people will be in attendance. It's gonna be our best ever. You wanna be there on January one, price goes up. Till next week, the coach, Brendan Sarah.